Welcome to the Good Divorce Show. Not every divorce needs to end in disaster. It's time to see divorce in another perspective. Here to help with that is your host, Karen McNinney. Hello and welcome to the Good Divorce Show. I'm Karen McNinney, your host. Uh, Chatting today, I'm always delighted when I can get both parents on the show to talk about their journey together. I think there are so many listeners out there in divorce, post-divorce, thinking about divorce, who can't even imagine sitting in the same room with their soon-to-be or ex-spouse, let alone sharing in a conversation about how their journey together as co-parents has been. So I'm very excited to have with me today, Kelly and and Kyle. Welcome to both of you. Thanks, Karen. Hi. Give us a little bit of context. Feel free to tell this story together side by side as to how old you were when you met and the journey that brought you into parenthood. I know they're all scratching their heads. And I'm going to remind our listeners, this is, well, you tell us the story and it'll unfold naturally. Where does it begin? Do you, I, well, it begins in um, Lake Forest, Illinois, when both Kelly and I were three years old. Um, and we both were okay. In- speed ahead just a little oh, bit. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but it's kind of relevant. It is. It is kind of. It similar. is. So I fell, yeah, I fell in love with Kyle in in outside of Chicago in preschool, and then he moved away in second grade. So that is that is kind of um, important because he moved away in second grade, first or second grade, and then I came to grad school in Missoula, Montana, and I found this Kyle McAfee on Facebook who lived in Missoula, Montana. And so this was 25 years later. And I still loved this, whoever this Kyle McAfee was when I was four or five, six years old. Part of what I love about this story also is, is reminding that these children, they are born from love and that there is a love story in these relationships, even if it doesn't lead to happily ever after marriage. And when we can capture part of the spirit of what brought people together and hold on to that as we raise our children, it just softens the edges. So here you are in your 20s, late 20s, 30s. We were in our early, when you, both in our early 30s when we reconnected. Yeah. When you reconnected and then you find yourself pregnant, what were the initial thoughts and intention for your relationship and for this new budding family we didn't really we were okay with not having kids it was actually kind of more leaning toward not having kids um and so that's what's is ironic the right word there um when i found out i was pregnant it was like a no no doubt i'm having this this kid and like i remember i remember where i remember exactly where i was and then that day the day was so bright like all the colors were really vibrant it was like the clearest thing in a very kyle knows i changed my mind a lot or at least in my 20s i did and um i was really fickle and um that was like the clearest thing that had ever happened to me at that point that like without a doubt i was going to have this baby now whether how involved Kyle was going to be at that point and what our relationship was going to look like no that was not clear um and yet I wasn't afraid of telling Kyle or and I wasn't surprised when Kyle was supportive you know so yeah it was very there's no doubt that we would just we would have this kid and figure it out you know and along came baby Charlotte and you began to figure it out what did you figure out and how did it change over time there were aspects of it where like I wasn't stepping up to like be there all the time for her in pregnancy. I think I was, I was very much of the mind, like if she's in pain, if she needs anything, I'll do that, but I'm going to keep kind of doing my thing. And I just, I can't wait for the baby to come. I'll, I'll be there in whatever capacity, you know, it's not like, it was like a total, but no, I was not, I was definitely not the classic like doting, partner for a pregnant person in an emotional way in a like stuff around the house way so i'm sure that was hard um were you living together at this time not right away during the pregnancy but like four months in we moved in together into into her small apartment and then moved into another 
place where Charlotte was born later. So yeah, it was really like the three months leading up to the birth, four months leading up to the birth that we started living together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which of course I thought would help. And then it, it almost made it worse because then I was like, but we live together and he's not here. (laughs) And so it was, it was hard. It was hard, but I think it would have been hard no matter what, you know? So, um, and looking back on it now, I, I can totally understand more about Kyle and where he was coming from. And, um, but yeah, I I won't lie. I think that was the hardest part about being pregnant. And obviously parents go through this. You don't get to focus on what your relationship is as much as, or, or it just totally shifts to what that looks like. So, and we hadn't had ample time to kind of figure it out beforehand. So was there conversation about marriage or what was the conversation about marriage? Yeah. I remember talking about it. Um, I remember you had some idea maybe that you, that you shared. I don't know if you're like specifically talking about and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is my memory of you saying like, I could really see us getting married in three years, Charlotte being a flower girl, you know, and like giving time to have this baby and then, seeing how our relationship would grow and then maybe getting married. And that was reassuring because then I was like, Oh, he's open to that idea. Again, I didn't think I'd get married. I didn't really, I don't know. It just wasn't like, even now, like just marriage is like, I don't, what does that mean? You know? Um, So I think, I mean, (laughs) I know know I'm married, but like, (laughs) which comes in the after. Um, But at that time, especially like marriage wasn't, we're just, we're lucky to live in this time where it's okay to have a kid without being married. I mean, that is really the saving grace of all of this, you know, Mm -hmm. had we had any pressure from our families to get married, I think we would be really unhappy. Yeah. It'd be a way worse situation. Yeah. I think we'd be really unhappy. Or there, there would have been really deep, dark years that we barely survived to get to, but yeah, instead we just, I got to live my deep, dark years separately and Kelly got to live healthily. And now we're in a pretty good spot. So what was the question? Well, marriage, here you are on the good divorce show. And, and it's become clear to me and our listeners, you didn't actually have a marriage, but uh, in terms of legal and exchanging of vows, but you did move in together. You did have a child. And for about a year and a half, you were under one roof. Mm -hmm. And then there was a formidable walk one day Mm -hmm. talking with one another. Mm -hmm. What occurred in the decision-making from maybe in three years, we'll get divorced and our daughter will be our flower girl too. Married. Or yes, thank you. <laughs> she'll, be, she'll be the flower girl. The flower the girl at the divorce. That's a whole different I kind like, of paradigm. I shift. like that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's wonderful. Maybe we should be having more ritual around divorce rather than it being in the shadows and in the shame and only in the courtyard. And we have uh guests on the show who talk about their celebration and their ritualizing yes. of their ending I've and their this, completion. Yeah. So how did that go down for the two of you? Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't necessarily remember a walk. I remember that there was sort of, there was sort of like a lead up, a series of events basically where it was clear. I was sort of self-destructing slash trying to implode the situation. And I think where it felt like Kelly had basically yeah in the in the months leading up been like this isn't this isn't tenable for me to for us to live together and yeah there was sort of like a last straw in that realm I mean I I know I'm being vague well no you're you can be vague I brought up the walk because the reason I brought it up Karen is to me it felt like So it was a walk right after Montana Film Festival and we were on the Riverfront Trail. Mm -hmm. And it was the conversation we had that we both mutually agreed that we wanted to 
separate mm-hmm. that we were okay like it's like we accepted mm-hmm. who we each were in that situation and um I just remember feeling great relief that it wasn't totally one-sided of like who's ending this relationship and mm-hmm. I really do think that that's the beginning mm. of our co-parenting and our friendship because yeah it's like I was able, I mean, I was heartbroken. I won't lie, but I was like, okay, Kyle is telling me that he doesn't want to change. And I'm accepting that. And I'm accepting him for who he is and where we are right now. And we're going to move forward. And I just remember that's like a very intellectualized way of looking at that, thinking about that walk. But to me, that was a huge marker for me, at least of like, we're both on the same page. We're both admitting our um as it wasn't all Kyle we're both admitting like where we're at and what we need Mm -hmm. and what's not working and it was mutual yeah yeah totally no you're right I I I don't maybe remember that exact walk but I remember that moment or coming to that together and but also it was kind of always on the table, I think, just because we were logical about it throughout the pregnancy, where I, I even remember asking our midwife early on in a first meeting with her, like, do you know couples that do this without living together? Because we I think we had just moved in and it was like instantly it was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. Oh, no, this might not work, you know. And yeah. And so I think. Yeah, obviously it was it was like devastating in some ways, but it was like okay, we can we can do this together, I think. Yeah. So. We can love our daughter, raise her together, be kind to each other in that process. Oh, and not get married <laughs> and not 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 live together and not get married. And this is where I'm curious about, you know, the two of you got to kind of jump over apart. Mm-hmm. of what yeah. can be a really devastating impact on the family and the children of navigating the legal path of divorce, which you certainly went through an emotional divorce yeah. and then still had to figure out all the things that divorced people have to figure out when it comes to co-parenting and it's schedule and communication and finances, yeah. emotional support. And sometimes, um, even in the best of conditions, that can still be a heartbreaking journey as we begin to divide and conquer our children's time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, I think, like you said, the, um, shoot, now I just lost, lost the thought in my head. Um, oh, that we got to skip over a part. I think that's very right in that. And maybe sort of makes us a unique source of like, advice or insight because and unique in that it doesn't it's not going to apply to everyone because right like we didn't have the big background of you know either a really great relationship to look back on and be like oh but that's how it used to be i wish it was still like that you know we didn't have that but we also didn't have the 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 ground work of vitriol and pain and you know horrible stuff so like when we got to that point and we were like, okay, this isn't going to work. It wasn't, we weren't stepping out of a huge jungle. It was more like a tangle of like wires, you know, it was like, it wasn't such a huge task to remove from that. I think because it wasn't so storied and, and, and thick with, with bad and good. Mm. Interesting perspective and definitely different. And one we want to hear more about when we come back from the break We're going to continue our conversation with Kelly and Kyle, successful co-parents existing beyond the marriage and divorce paradigm, but with lessons to teach us of how we can do the very best as we connect and communicate with one another on behalf of our children. Stay tuned. Before you call the lawyer, call the Good Divorce Coach. Give your family the gift of working with a certified divorce coach, a co-parenting specialist, and a mediator. Karen McNinney has the knowledge and skills to guide you through the full divorce journey, before, during, and after. 
It's one thing to get divorced. It's another to be divorced. The Good Divorce Coach will teach you and your partner how to be divorced with less drama, less destruction, and less debt. Visit thegooddivorcecoach.com to get in touch with Karen. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Connect with us, and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America on LinkedIn. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to The Good Divorce Show with Karen McNinney. Have a question for Karen or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show with Karen. Welcome back. Karen McNenny here, helping you to find your path to The Good Divorce. Today, we're chatting with Kelly and Kyle, co-parents, unmarried, never divorced. And yet, even in the invisible sense, as soon as you bring children into this life, there is a marriage of DNA and a relationship that is a forever relationship. You will go on and share graduations and ballet concerts, funerals and weddings, all even grandbabies, right? Those those will be shared experiences for the two of you through your daughter, Charlotte, who is currently seven. And we've just caught up with Kyle and Kelly in their recognition that they were not going to live together, but they were going to raise this child together. And at the time you made that decision, Charlotte was quite young, 18 months old. Yes. Yeah. And so one of the first decisions that co-parents have to start working with is how are we going to schedule our child's life? What feels appropriate to their age and to our lifestyle? How did you navigate those decisions and how have they changed over the last seven years, if at all? Go ahead. Well, I think the biggest piece, um, some people might recognize that 18 months as a, a kind of the first time I would consider taking Charlotte off, uh, that I stopped feeding her, breastfeeding her. Um, it felt like the healthiest time for us. Um, she was ready. I probably could have kept breastfeeding for a little while, but it really did feel like a natural time. And so therefore it felt like a natural time to split households, which I think is exactly about when we did. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. I think when we made the call, Kelly was like, okay, I'm weaning her off and so that we can make this work. And then I think right away, we just knew with what our work schedules were, and kind of how we already were handling parenting as far as when the other person had obligations, like I had a job and then Kelly had, it just worked out where we could do it one half of the week, do our work life. And then the other half of the week be committed to being available for childcare stuff. You know, obviously when we lived together, there were times when we would all be together, but this would just be that without that basically. So, um, yeah, we just decided we were going to split, split the week in half, which also was like a, um, a co-parenting arrangement. This comedian who I really liked had openly talked about, and I was like, that just sounds so good to split the week in half. Cause you don't have to go too long without seeing them. And you also aren't carrying a big load, especially when she was one and a half too, where you're going 10 days in a row, which you can burn out as a solo parent with a toddler, I think. Absolutely. Not even a think that's a, that's a truth, Kyle. (laughs) Those, those little ones can run you hard. And, And Kelly, how was that adjustment for you again, emotionally 
beginning to wean your daughter, they're young, not having, you know, the bedtimes and the storytelling and the morning snuggles uh, for both of you shifting into that two household, which I think maybe when I even think for myself and other families I talk to, that's one part grief. And then there's also relief. There is some time and, and sometimes we're shy about talking about the respite, which all intact families, I would encourage to find respite for both parents on a regular basis. And when we live in two homes, it kind of gets baked into the bread automatically. What was that journey like for you, Kelly? You know, I mean, to be honest, it's so long ago now. I do remember absolutely missing Charlotte. I mean, for sure. Um, And yet I think I remember respite more. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I knew pretty quickly that I wasn't a full-time mom. I knew I, I liked having time to myself and to still be working and be creative. Um, and I, I truly believe that does not mean I love Charlotte any less than parents who are there full-time. Um, but I do, I think, um, the, uh, Charlotte's a very physical child. So she was extremely attached to me, not just when she was, breastfeeding but also just like in general she like always touched my she was always touching my boob (laughs) always like hand was always down her shirt um and she started doing that to Kyle like she's just a very touchy person and I think and I loved it I loved it but in general I'm not a very touchy-feely person so that was a character change for me so I think I found respite in having my my body and my space um even at that early time Um, I am sure that that alone time, um, I definitely didn't relish it enough where I like wanted to be alone alone. Cause I, I jumped into a pretty serious relationship right about that time. Um, and cause I'm not a person who like wants to live alone. Um, so that's interesting. And I'll have to think a little bit more on the timing of that. And Kyle might have some insight on that as well. But as far as Charlotte goes, I definitely missed her. Um, And I think the hardest part was like, she's still so young and she's still so attached to mom and Kyle can probably speak to this, but it did feel a bit challenging when we had to do the switch. Uh, For her, maybe. Transitions can be disruptive. Yeah, absolutely. I think there were times, I think honestly, the, the, the earlier switches where she was like one and a half, there was less cognition on her part, what was going on. So they, those weren't brutal, but I think like a little bit later, like a year when she was in that two to three age, those were kind of the worst transitions. Yeah. Where she would get upset and they weren't always bad, but those were the times where you're like, okay, this is, this is where I'm sort of feeling the, the pain of us splitting of yeah. us divorcing is like, and the guilt and stuff when she's like super upset for nearly half an hour after mom leaves. Like those were the times where, yeah. Did you ever f- begin to find sort of a hack or a, a transition method that worked better for all of you? I've heard parents talk about, we only transition in and out of school drop off and pick up versus in a home, or we always meet in a park and then the off-duty parent says goodbye there. Um, no, we never did that. I, I feel like ugh, that feels so weird. I hate to judge that, but like it always felt better to do it in one of our respective homes. Cause that was just a safe place for her to kind of do her thing. I mean, I guess maybe it would have been smart so she didn't get so upset, but I just felt like if she's going to be upset, I want her to be at home and feel safe. And like, no, I think I, at least for me, the tactic was just like, I have to, this is my responsibility to sit with this and to be as patient as I can with this. Cause ultimately it was my fault or our fault for deciding to have a kid after dating for three months. You know, I, I felt like this is, I've got to pay, pay this debt and however long she's going to be upset after mom leaves. But Mm. yeah, I think you bring up, oh yes, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that being said, they, it wasn't, 
and maybe it's because it was so long ago, but I feel like it was just kind of a year stretch. And then there have been times after that where, yeah, attachment is clear, but also times where I get a win every once in a while. And when, when I leave, she gets upset, which doesn't happen that often, but (laughs) it it makes you feel weirdly good when like they're inconsolable when you're leaving. And yeah. (laughs) I think you also make the good point, Kyle, that, you know, not wanting to judge. And one of the things we always remind people here on the good divorce show, just, just like how our children come into the life, into our lives, there's lots of ways for it to happen. And the parents and the child, every situation is unique. You have to follow the lead of your child as much as the lead of your co-parent. And honestly, at the end of the day, we're all just doing the best we can at that moment with the information we have, which means most of us are running around half blindfolded with scissors in hand, hoping that we make it through to the end of the day. Yeah. (laughs) I think what feels maybe different and everyone's gathering this right now is there was no animosity between us. So we never had to like make a plan to not be in the same room together, right. in the same space. Which, when I talk to my friends who are recently divorced or co-parenting, that's actually the issue. Is yeah, they, totally. it's it's more about the relationship. It's less about the child, and it's more about mm-hmm. their comfortability. Which I think speaks to what Kyle's saying, where it really, you know, Charlotte's a kid. She's she has strong emotions. We all do, um, and we weren't. It was in the most nurturing way that we're letting this child be upset and to transition, and we were all together and. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think, I think even though we could have probably made a plan to like have a third party or meet somewhere where she, you know what I mean? Like we had situations like that for sure, sure where that would happen yeah. and maybe they were smoother, but there was something about being in it together that I don't know. It was also, we both had like a background in some, excuse me, some, some early childhood education stuff. Like, well, I was your, I was your daughter's preschool teacher, but mm-hmm. Kelly Kelly had done some teaching at preschool and teaching in general. And so had I. And so I think we approached it a lot like that too, of just kind of trusting our instincts with, with um, a kid that young and what they need. And yeah. And I think you highlight so essentially important, the need to feel their feelings. Parents want to whisk it away. It'll be okay. It doesn't matter. It's fine here, you know, num, 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 coping, coping versus just letting the child feel the feelings and knowing that they're sad, just like our sad is temporary. It's not permanent. Yeah. Charlotte's also, again, just an attached child. And this would come from both, like with both of us, let's say dropping off at preschool through first grade, may I say that she would just hold on and scream bloody murder. I mean, she was just that kid, you know, she just did not want to separate from us. Um, And uh, I don't know if that was from uh, our situation or if that's just kind of how she is. I don't know. She's much, she's fine now. Second grade. She's like, see ya, you know? (laughs) So I don't know. I I don't know. Maybe there's some resiliency, resiliency training there for her and her emotions. But um, Mm -hmm. that said, she's so adaptable. She, she just settles right in after a few minutes. She's like, she's, you know, with dad or with mom or at this house or that house, she's very adaptable. And that I genuinely think is like how she was born and her personality, uh, you know, nature versus nurture. I just think that I think she's going to be a bit of a traveler. I think she's just really, um, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say. I think so. Yeah. 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 I think so. <laughs> there is something she adapts. she adapts really quickly and she's a bit of a chameleon now I don't I don't know if you notice it but she's just very like when she's with you she's like slightly not different but like parts of her personality come out more when she's with her dad versus with me it's just yeah. really fun to watch that is fun to watch yeah, yeah. and that would make sense yeah and- Right. That she's going to shift. And she's an interesting child in the world, not alone, not unique, but special in that this is this is her normal. Mm -hmm. Charlotte will not ever have any primary memories of being in one household with an intact family, traditional mother, father. She has always lived in the abundance 
of multiple homes, many people bringing love to her. And I think so often divorce brings around this scarcity mindset that there's less, that, oh, the poor thing, and, and that we focus on what isn't happening versus what is happening as a result of these two loving families. And we're going to hear more about how her life has evolved. Before we go to that part of the story, listening to the two of you banter and kibitz and talk and smile about your daughter is just really worth celebrating. Sounds like you didn't have much challenge in deciding we're going to raise this child side by side. Did you ever have a parenting plan that you outlined for yourselves? No, we never did. We, I think when we first separated, we discussed the importance of that and how we should definitely do that. And then just, we didn't out of, you know, some laziness, but also just, we were caught up in just trying to do it. And then a a year or so went by and we were like, we just never even discussed it again. We were just like, well, it's working. It's working. And I think we were lucky that there were no big clashes over anything. And we were always kind of on the same page over big, big like schedule stuff or just. Even holidays. Holidays. We never fought over that. Yeah. I don't know. And there were, it was always just like, Oh, Kelly has something and needs coverage. I'll do it. I have something and need coverage. She'll do it. And it's like, we just kept, yeah, we never did it. Yeah. (laughs) It might be worth mentioning. um, We're both creative. So I think that there's this uh, understanding about our worlds that I'm not sure if we were in like different fields or I don't know. We just kind of get it. Like I understand what Kyle goes through when he's putting up a show, vice versa. Um, you know, and and let us like, be clear, not putting up like, oh, he's having a big drama tantrum show. Like he's actually <laughs> like performing. An actual performance. Yeah. Or... You are both very active in the performing arts, which is a particular kind of lifestyle that you have yeah. understanding of, as well as it sounds like a high tolerance for we need to change things up. We need to be flexible. This is what I got going on. And yet you really cover each other and have each other's back where that's concerned. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah which I absolutely advise that's how it should be with or without a parenting plan. Like to say we have the standard and then we deviate from the standard as needed. And there are some families out there who get so locked into what is on that piece of paper, which nobody is watching except for you. And it sometimes is at the expense of just using your common sense that we need to make an adjustment here. This doesn't make any sense. We've got either family in town or this is when we need to travel or would really like our daughter to be involved with this or I'm just not available. I need to travel. And knowing that your co-parent, no different than if you were in one household, how you would support each other, that spirit absolutely should and can transcend into a two-household family. Does it also carry over into the money? How did you all navigate the finances of raising this child together when, again, you don't have the guardrails of the law or child support enforcement division, and yet these little suckers still cost money and they only get more expensive over time? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I think I I was really lucky in that Kelly figured out a lot of the financial stuff as far as the insurance, the doc, the doctor checkup, you know, the, the dentistry stuff, the, you know, we didn't do much extracurricular stuff in the first three years of her life. We did no preschool. We did no paid daycare, childcare for the first three years because of the way our co-parenting schedule worked. Like we didn't need, we hardly use babysitters like ever. And so that was, it was cheapish those first three years. And so there wasn't really much to discuss financially. We um, just, we didn't, I, I just remembered that I was actually on um, <clears throat> the EBT card. Um, I remember that's right. going to the grocery store um, with Charlotte being a baby and like having, feeling like I had 35 minutes, but till she like had a meltdown or cried 
to like go get the peanut butter, the eggs, the milk. <laughs> um, I qualified for uh, Medicaid because of I wasn't working. I was working only a part time job. And I, I really think that the Montana system, at least, is amazing. I mean, still, she's on Montana Healthy Kids. It covers her dentist, doctor's appointments. It's incredible. So I did a lot of the, uh, I'm, I love, you know, making the appointments, going to the appointments. So I, that kind of was default to me. Yeah. And Kyle was like, that's I'm fine. terrible at that. Like, <laughs> you can tell me where to go, but yeah, I'm not good at that. So. Yeah. So like, there was just this like natural balance of, responsibility. And financially, um, I do have a a cushion that I was allowed to take a little time off. Um, And also I claim Charlotte on my taxes. So I get the childcare credit, which that justifies me paying for the extracurricular activities like gymnastics and ballet and all of those things. Um, And that, that so far is really all we've had to manage aside from the day-to-day when Charlotte's at Kyle's, he covers all of that, those expenses like groceries and whatever, um, and vice versa. So it never really, it hasn't been an issue yet. It might when she's older and there's more costs, like you said, they get more expensive, which I totally already know. Um, well, and even if she continues, excuse me, if she continues gymnastics wise, like that's going to get crazy if she goes to meets and stuff. So I think there's stuff we'll have to, lay out logistically but we have a really good groundwork of like we'll cover you know we cover what we can and then we have family and friends that we can go to for help if we need you know to to supplement that but um but yeah I think just in the same way that our schedule was it was just something we didn't have to sit down and hammer out so. There's never been a battle over a spreadsheet, pennies and dimes and nickels. Right? <laughs> well, I mean, there it were, takes so much energy. There were preschool contribution payments where Kelly was like, you're four months late <laughs> on your pay. So, and I was like, sorry, <laughs> here you go. <laughs> and that the two of you can have a lightheartedness inside of that part of your relationship is so encouraging and inspiring for folks. And when we come back from the break, we're going to hear about sort of what this family looks like today, who has joined the family. And when new relationships come into the story, how that can also take uh, the stability of the co-parents and things can start to feel a little bit different. So stay with us and we'll hear about the, the here and now of Charlotte's world when we get back. Before you call the lawyer, call the Good Divorce Coach. Give your family the gift of working with a certified divorce coach, a co-parenting specialist, and a mediator. Karen McNinney has the knowledge and skills to guide you through the full divorce journey, before, during, and after. It's one thing to get divorced, it's another to be divorced. The Good Divorce Coach will teach you and your partner how to be divorced, with less drama, less destruction, and less debt. Visit thegooddivorcecoach.com to get in touch with Karen. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to The Good Divorce Show with Karen McNinney. Have a question for Karen or her guests? 
Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show with Kara. Welcome back to The Good Divorce Show. Chatting today with Kelly and Kyle, co-parents to Charlotte. And this is a journey unique in that there was not a formal marriage, therefore there was not a legal divorce, but we all know if you're sharing a baby, you're sharing a life. So how do we do that in a mindful, intentional way? Kyle and Kelly have found a path over the last seven years of their daughter's life to support each other and respect, to laugh and celebrate. Well, one of the things that many separated couples have to navigate is the arrival of new partners and new individuals. And that can happen at different times under different circumstances. But at the very least, I think we can all agree that it is not to be understated, that it is a significant shift for the whole family unit. So when and how did new partners start showing up? And and what was the impact in the introduction with Charlotte? Kelly, maybe you should start. She did. She did. She was the starter of the new partnership. It's funny. I kind of marked the time this time after I split up because I opted to leave. So it was really quite soon after we broke up. Like, is that how you remember it? (laughs) Like, um, I'm pretty sure I had coffee with uh, Mike in November, December. (laughs) And we broke up. We really officially kind of broke up in October, late October. That was fine with me, honestly, that they started dating pretty much right away. Like the next week after we were officially split. <laughs> but yeah. But no, I never honestly had an issue with Paul. Here, can I tell you what I think you had an issue with? And then you can say if this is true. Sure. I think Kyle had an issue with Charlotte, Charlotte's exposure to Mike. So like. He was and Mike is the now current husband, just to be clear. So Mike, so Mike is the the new guy on the scene. Fine dating, but Charlotte got quickly involved in the story. Continue with your theory, Kelly. That's what I think was I feel like this was our first pretty significant speed bump in and it came early on, of course, but just like in terms of okay, this could go two different ways. And um, I think there were a lot of feelings, and I think we navigated them really well. And in the, in the moment, I felt a little bit uh, like, why, why is he getting so upset? Like, this is none of his business. And yet now in retrospect, I'm like, oh, of course, like, of course, I, I totally understand. So it got a little, a, a little heated. Yeah, I think what it was, you always wanted to have a partner in your life. And I think I, that just... Honestly, I've sort of fought against that my whole life. So I think that was part of it. But yes, she was so young. She was a a year and a half and being exposed to another male figure. I was like, she's, she might even get confused who her dad is, you know? And Mm -hmm. like, she gets up from a nap and he's there. And I'm like, no, I don't, that is, I don't want that to be happening right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Kelly proposed them moving in together pretty quickly after they started dating. So they had only dated for like maybe two months, three months. And she was like, I think we're going to move in together really soon. And I, that was the point where I said, I was like, we need to pump the brakes. I'm like, can you please hold off a bit longer for these reasons, copping to like my emotional entanglement about it. Like she said, it's mostly about Charlotte's exposure, but there was, there was still some like, I think some jealousy and some attachment to Kelly then because it was still so fresh. And, you know, I had him, he was saved in my phone as douchebag for a couple of years. (laughs) If I'm perfectly honest. Right. Two confessions, live radio. Wait, 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 wait. After he started dating or before? No, when you guys started dating, I already had his number because I knew him. I already had his own, but I changed it instantly to... Wow. Okay. It all it was, out. it was like that douche or douchebag. Yeah. It was really oh, a really weird. mature, really mature. <laughs> thing, but that's really funny. I don't think Mike knows that. I'll have to tell them. No, he I'll definitely doesn't know that. Well, he, let's I, not tell yeah. him about this conversation. My yeah. goodness. <laughs> um, that's really funny. So we you did playing. pump the brakes, Kelly. You did. Ish. He split the difference. So I was like, wait six months. She waited another three and a half. So I felt like 
it was it was again sort of like our co like it was meeting yeah. in the middle on something yeah and- so how's the douchebag currently kyle how, <laughs> how has this evolved over time oh i love because my- i think that fear yeah. of being replaced <laughs> is very real and i'm so oh, sure. grateful for you speaking transparently well yeah and i so i think like i got lucky and in a few ways in that, you know, I, I do love Mike and he made it pretty clear early on without us having to have a conversation that he didn't have an interest in replacing or being a, like a father on that level. So I didn't feel like my toes were stepped on in that way at all, which was great. But yeah, I think there was, there was a fear going in, you know, okay. You know, she's with a more, successful you know person than me who has his life more together and this could very clearly just go to like yeah kyle you can see her once a month and but we've kind of got everything else figured out thanks you know that was that was a fear in there um we all get together yes tell me about the family and and how you all gather and what that feels like. And for the people out there thinking, oh my gosh, I cannot imagine or the awkwardness. Yeah. It sounds really cringeworthy. Like that we go on vacations together as like my partner, Kelly, her husband, uh, Kelly's stepdaughter, Charlotte, like we're all walking the streets of Chicago together. On, You've done this recently. On a family vacation. Yeah, we did Twice. it last summer and the summer before. But we get together like every other week and have a movie night. Yeah, and dinner and yeah. conversation. And we've been Laughing. doing. It. I mean, yeah, we're all creative and. Yeah, we usually like roast the movie roast that the we're movie. watching. Yeah. But yeah, I think it feels pretty normal for Charlotte because we've been doing that now for like a couple of years. So Melanie, Kyle's partner, um, has been a huge influence in our life because she's become really close with my stepdaughter, Viv, where they, they do things together on their own. They'll go to dinner or have a movie night at Melanie and Kyle's house. She's just been a huge support. And Mike and I got married a year and a few months ago. So um, before then, everyone like knew who everyone was, but there was a little ambiguity around it. And for some reason, the marriage and the formalization of that marriage gave a permission to Charlotte and to to the girls to like call each other sisters hmm. and then also calling Mike's stepdad and Melanie's stepmom. Hmm. Um, so that was kind of like, I mean, it doesn't really matter. It just like, it kind of felt interesting that marked a time where it gave permission for people to like make those distinctions. Other than I think Charlotte's like, this is my family. I've got this these is... sisters and this is my stepmom and I, ha- I have two moms. And I've never like, I've never felt, um, in, uh, what's the word? Threatened. Threatened by Melanie. Um, I mean, I've, I'll be honest, like I, there's times I feel a little jealous or mm-hmm. I have felt a little jealous. I would be, I wouldn't be a human being if there wasn't that but in general i feel like such love and um just so grateful for melanie and the role she's played in charlotte's life and kyle's life to be honest kyle would be such a miserable bastard if he wasn't with melanie and so no i'm just kidding Um, (laughs) no but i feel like really like how amazing that you guys have been together what do we what did you say two three two and a half years years. and more people to love charlotte is what yes. it sounds like you've done. You've just yeah. collected a village of people who love Charlotte. Yeah. What prompted you all to start a conversation and to follow through with a commitment to vacation together? I think this is a really <laughs> well. The weird, the first time we did it was in going to Chicago for Kelly and Mike's marriage celebration, basically celebrated by her family there. Um, so that was the first one and we're like melanie met my whole family yeah you know melanie it was i think we just want i don't know i think we had done movie nights and done enough like hang out as a whole family and like we knew we enjoyed that and we knew that we it would probably be really fun to make you know a vacation work like that yeah, it was. And Kyle still has family in Lake Forest in that area. So we both have connection there. Um, 
-hmm. there's like a reason to go to Chicago, but we've talked about going to Mexico together. We've talked about going to San Diego together. Like, I think that this is kind of the beginning. Chicago is a really nice ritual. And I like that Charlotte can see her grandparents. And by the way, grandparents on both sides, she met her uh, great grandma in Lake Forest, Kyle's grandmother. Um, and what, even when Kyle wasn't with me, I would go see his family in Chicago and bring Charlotte and make sure Charlotte saw her f- dad's side of the family. It's deep. It goes deep, you know? Um, I think it's yeah. rare and, and beautiful and really special for Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. And we do too. And we see that, that that's rare. And I think we always appreciate, like even at Kelly and Mike's wedding ceremony, you know, Mike in his, in his vows talked about how special this, this thing is. And, you know, like I stood up there holding the hoopla. while they, while they said their vows, like that sounds like a nightmare on paper, <laughs> on paper. Like it, it, I feel like, you know, like if like, because also my model for it, and that's why, honestly, Karen, I'm so glad you're doing something like this because my model for it, and I think almost everyone from my generation and before, their model of divorce is war and hell. Like, I, I think it's like one, gotta be 1% of people born in the 70s and 80s that went through a divorce with their parents, obviously some circumstances out of their control, some things I don't blame them for some things I do still blame them for, but like, I don't, that, that was such a huge priority to not to model the opposite for Charlotte. And luckily we're not just pretending our way through it. Like we actually. We kind of like each other and love each other. It's amazing. Right. It it's amazing. And yet it's such a simple equation. Choose love. Just choose love and write the story. And in your case, Kyle, you're rewriting the story and you're changing the cycle, which is exactly the pursuit of the Good Divorce Show, is to highlight stories like yours so that other families can have an imagination for the things that sound terrible on paper. But if you give yourself a chance, you can actually create a really beautiful family, even beyond the bounds of marriage. I've been so delighted to have both of you chatting with us today, opening up your heart and sharing the love, not only that you still have for each other, but most importantly, the love that you have for your daughter, Charlotte. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Kyle. Thanks, Karen. Thanks, Karen. <laughs> and to all our listeners, here's another good example to remember. Everything will be okay in the end. And if it's not okay, it's not the end. Thanks for listening to today's episode of The Good Divorce Show. We hope today's episode has helped you find a kinder, more sensible, and less expensive path through the divorce journey. Until we talk again, have a beautiful week.